actually one of the things that you and I, and I think most people want, one of those nutrients is spontaneity, is like not knowing. And that's the thing that actually needs to go on the to-do list, which is really hard. I think that's the thing that you have to learn. Welcome back. We're not for everyone. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by one hater and one lover. Caroline Winkler over there is the hater. How you doing, girl? I'm I'm blossoming. How are you, Jay? You lover. Oh, you're blossoming. Wow. <laughs> so can you say more about that? <laughs> by blossoming, I think I'm just um nothing is happening. Just nothing's happening. I have nothing. <laughs> That's to, perfect. It's amazing. I have like no updates. I have very little complaint about. I feel like a lot of stuff actually happened this week, um, which we can get into some of it, but almost none of it matters. Yeah. It's just like, I'm just, stuff's just happening and I'm existing and yeah, the world is just like a rock that's roaming through space and it's all chaos and this, this you're is here. just like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rock. <laughs> Remember how you love rock music? Anyway, um, (laughs) welcome back. So this is actually our first episode on YouTube, isn't it? I guess we're here now. Are we here? Crazy. Are we in it? I think we're in it, yeah. As well, if you're listening, this is what's weird. If you're listening on the podcast, you're like, this is news to you. Um, You can check us out on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, you're like, duh, I'm already on YouTube. So I guess this is... In a way, the statement is helpful to no one. Oh, it's just for me. (laughs) Or maybe it's for me. I'm not sure. Um, No, but I wanted to give reason why we're about to give a little bit of a refresher intro to the pod because the people who are listening on the app, like, already know us, but people on YouTube might not. So I agree. Let's let's do a little refresher, and we might have new listeners. I feel like most of our new listeners join from episode one, which is nice. But if anybody's joining fresh here, let's tell them about it about what we do. We've had the request to add the podcast uh, video to YouTube for a while. We've just been waiting to find time in our schedule and, and solidify the workflow to make sure we can handle it each week. <laughs> Here <Workflow>. we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can, um, yeah, so if you're joining on YouTube, this is welcome on to episode 17. Let me see, how would I describe this podcast? This podcast covers absolutely nothing at any point in time, uh, but it is a place where once a week, Jess says something very sweet and bubbly, and I think of the most deranged opinion a person could have, and then I say it as if it's my own, whether or not it is, and everyone gets gets very upset about it. You're letting them in on that secret. (laughs) You just decided to tell them that? Nothing Caroline says is real. Fun fact about the pod. (laughs) No, but I think you have... You have that kind of right. I would say like 60% of the time that's what it is, no? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that's most of it. Um, it's, it's, actually what, it's actually what made me scared to start a podcast after doing YouTube. Because YouTube is me. Like when my friends and family watch me on YouTube, they're like, yeah, that's Caroline. But it's just part of me. It's not a different person, but it's just I think it's more limited. And the podcast, I would say like, this is me. I don't know if you feel the same. Do you feel like this is you? Yeah, I, I, I think so. But I don't have a YouTube persona yet. I guess introducing her now, she's here. Oh my I'm God, me. she's um, being birthed before our eyes. <laughs> blossoming. Yeah, I, I, I would say this is a place where we're both like pretty authentic. It's kind of like, I don't know, we each come to our recordings with 
sometimes we come with thoughts that we want to share. Sometimes we're less prepared. Even if we come with things to share, they're never like fully baked and fully thought out because it's a conversation and that's not how fucking conversations work. <laughs> haven't haven't thought something through once. Not about to start. <laughs> not about to start now. I think because that's the approach, it like really is us um, in real time, like reacting to what the other is saying and relating and disagreeing and vibing and uh, pontificating. I feel like we use that word a lot. So... Yeah, that's the pod. I wonder if we should also say anything about how we know each other because maybe people joining on YouTube know you but don't know me. So if it's helpful, we grew up together. We've known each other since first grade. We decided to start a podcast because we were both kind of doing creative stuff in our own lanes and we were watching each other and we were like, that's that bitch. I want to be a part of it. So... Mm. Is that, I think that's enough of an intro that's there. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What else is, what else is there to us? Yeah. Thanks, Jay. I feel like the first thing we can kick it off with maybe is a continuation of a longstanding conversation on not for everyone. The, the key question of our podcast, which is. I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. What is DJ? What the fuck is DJ? Caroline. Tell them just quickly as backstory, what's what's this topic? I have no answers. First of all, I have no answers. My <laughs> all I have is questions, and really, I get no answers. Um, what is DJ? Is a question that came to me, took my breath away in the middle of the night. I sat up in bed one night and just realized that I've been wondering, what is DJing? And, and when you say that and you're like, what do DJs actually do? Everyone kind of laughs like you're saying it facetiously because we're all like, yeah, we don't really know. But like no one ever answers the question. No one ever answers the question. So I asked it on the podcast. There was a lot of uproar. A lot of people sent us memes. No one answered the question. I actually, <laughs> I actually then started dating a DJ by accident. Didn't know he was a DJ. He revealed in the night that he was a DJ in the night. In the night. <laughs> in the still of the night. One of his friends, long after I'd started the DJ question, one of his friends listens to the podcast, I guess told him to listen to the podcast. He got very offended. He then dumped me. That's something I haven't shared. Um, he actually, he broke up with me, not because of something I said about DJing, but because of something Jess said. <laughs> yeah, that's what's tough here is that there's two people. He broke up with me. He broke up with me. If you are that listener that told your DJ friend to listen to the podcast, I hope you're happy now because I have, now I have no love life to talk about on here. He broke up with me because of Jess's comment about musicians. But we can double down and have me make more comments about DJs. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It wasn't even about DJs. No, no, it really wasn't. And the whole thing is, ugh, nothing we say is serious. Like, everyone calm down. Okay. You know what? I, thank you for the background. And thank you for opening up. It's it's opened just more and more questions about what is a DJ. Um, I asked him. He gave me a pretty good answer. I will say one person DM'd us and explained the mechanics of DJing. And I really appreciate it. Was it. Interesting. it was interesting. What, do you have more answers? I do, very much so. Um... I spoke to my dad about this. My dad, I spoke about my dad in the last episode. I, I talk about him a lot. He's my favorite guy. and He's a DJ. <laughs> yeah, I know. He somehow brought up on his own accord. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He has no way to know that we talk about DJing. And somehow on the phone the other day, he brings up DJing. And I was like, specifically what he said was, 
disco jockeys. <laughs> Shut because- the fuck up. <laughs> I swear to God. And I was like, wait. I think most DJs don't even know that that stands for disco right. jockey. <laughs> disco jockey, baby. I pulled over my car and wrote it in my notes. I was like, I have to. This is going on the pod. I can't keep wait, driving. Wait, 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 must- wait, wait. I don't even think it's disco jockey. I think it stands for disc jockey. I think he's foreign. I don't know. He's not from here. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I guess I'm not a DJ, but it could, be, it could be either disco jockey. The passion with which my dad spoke about DJs after telling me that it stands for disco jockey, I've never seen anything like it. He was like, DJs are really masters at taking people through a range of emotions. They, and he was like, there used to be radio stations that are just DJs and they there it would be different themes like a love themed radio station why is he talk why is he talking about hot 995 like it's not around <laughs> i was like that's like what it is but he yes i've heard of the radio dad he was describing it as a journey a disc and how journey. they would a disc journey yeah that's another way <laughs> another abbreviation how they would change your mood they could with one song make you feel happy and then the next one make it darker. I don't disagree with any of this, but that he's just no. describing the effect, the emotional effect of music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't yeah. Think, <laughs> I don't think the disco jockeys invented that either. No, I don't think they invented it, but he said they were masters of curation. This is all past tense. Masters of curation. I think he also holds a belief that like DJing was better when that was sure. what DJing meant. Sure, I'll allow it. He talked about an old radio DJ named Casey Kasem. Don't know anything about you him. You don't know Just Casey giving... Kasem? Really? No. Do you? Is that a thing people know? I feel like it's a known name. Okay. Yeah. Apparently he's half Lebanese or he's Lebanese or something. But my parents say that about everyone that's famous. They're like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're Lebanese. <laughs> So I really don't know what to believe anymore. But I guess he was like the Ryan Seacrest of the, was it 80s, 90s? I don't know. I couldn't tell you anything other than I know the name. Yeah. (laughs) I guess he wasn't. I don't know. Ryan Seacrest is probably the wrong comparison too because Ryan Seacrest doesn't DJ. He's just a host. But he, but he takes us through a journey of emotions. I think he curates emotions he does. too. He does. He does. So your dad, so your dad brought this up to you on the phone just to tell you how much he misses it is disc jockey. I looked it up. Disc jockey. Okay. A disc okay. jockey? He misses disco jockeys. He also <laughs> talked about how, <laughs> yeah, like clubs that he used to go to when he was younger and like the DJs there, how his so friends cute. would DJ their house parties. Um, it's, I mean, very much like today, not unlike what happens today, which I let him know. I also taught him about sampling music. All these like, things he thinks don't exist anymore. I know. He was like romanticizing it. Yeah, he was like, we used to have social <laughs> events at each other's homes where music would play. And we would have friends. We would have friends and we would have gatherings. That's exactly. He was t- telling me about this as though I've never experienced it before. Yeah. And to be fair, I was just talking last week about how like I don't get out much anymore. So maybe he was sensing that. Maybe he is listening to the yeah, podcast. I was going to say, is he listening and just refusing to tell you? Maybe. And I'd be okay with that. Dad, you're my favorite. Um, and then at the end of the conversation, he was like, anyway, I'm glad we got to talk about this today. Like, yeah being he was being bizarre i think what we've answered is that he listens to the podcast um that's the end of the story so that's another data point in our ongoing search for answers about djs disc jockey 
Listen, none of this is none of this is derogatory. If somebody is offended, if if one of the DJs I'm dating is offended about me talking about this, (laughs) not a single thing I've said has been derogatory. I've just asked someone to explain what is happening up there. So wasn't there also speaking of the DJs you're dating? Wasn't there also a moment where your ex? told you not to date a DJ and yes, now look at you. this was so weird. This was so weird. <laughs> wow. So what has DJ happened in my life? And then I started seeing this guy and then he revealed that he was also a DJ, a part-time DJ. Amazing. We had great conversations about it. I loved it. And then that very same week, I got a text from my ex who I only hear from like every couple of months and out of nowhere, he texted me and he said something, something, something like drip, drip, drip. And then he said, please don't date a DJ. And he does not listen to the podcast. He does not consume any of my content. He does not. In, and there would be no way to know who I was dating. There's no way to know. The person was not on social media. There was no way to know. He just said this to me one week. I'm haunted by that fact. I just... Did you respond? Did he... I was just like him. I was just like, ha ha, I won't. I am. I I was. (laughs) I I very much am. I very Um, much am in this moment. No, this is Did he have a thing against DJs like when you were together when you knew him and were together and stuff? Like, was that a topic? It's the kind of thing he's he's often saying, like, don't date this kind of person and like telling me Mm. who I guess to date. Um and you it's usually like the thing that he would find most offensive. That's it. That's yeah. where he draws the line for you, for you and your future. I know. Um, well, he got his way. The DJ left me, so. So what's up with you? What's up with me? I, re- I, found out, I found out two days ago. Everyone sit down. I found out two days ago that I have been mispronouncing a word my entire life. And I feel like I usually be knowing about words and how to say them. So this was, this like, this leveled me. I've said it on this podcast, and I oh said it. I said it in a YouTube video. I said the word lackadaisical, which I thought was laxadaisical, which I could make a whole argument for, like the word lax. Or it's not laxadaisical. It's not laxadaisical. And then I got this YouTube comment that was like laxadaisical isn't a word and I looked at it and I was like first of all that's an annoying thing to come on here and comment you went you're out of your way to comment that and second of all it is a word that looks like you're stupid and then I had this moment where I was like maybe I'll just google it and I googled it and it is lackadaisical I'm transported to the fifth grade when we were learning words like this and I could I swear we were taught lackadaisical I think this is a problem of our shared educational background <laughs> I'm going to immediately um, defer blame to someone else. I don't, yeah. I don't think this Fifth is Fifth grade mine. English. Yeah. I, I don't think so either. That's what I thought. Miss Keegan fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> we need to take a poll. Oh, we need to take this to a poll. Like, how do you pronounce? No, I think there's an answer. I think you could just Google it. I think you could just Google no. it. No. No. I don't want to Google it. I don't want to. This is, this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I was, I was humiliated. And humbled. Do you have other words like that? I feel like I... I don't think that's... I feel like, you know, some people some people like mispronounce words a lot, which is something I don't think you should ever... I don't ever like to make fun of people for that because actually, yeah. if you're mispronouncing a word, it either means maybe that you're like 
Speaking English as a second language, good for fucking you. Or it means that you've probably only experienced the word in in reading and you just maybe haven't mm-hmm. heard people say it, which means like you're learning and you're expanding and you just like you're learning new stuff that you're trying to incorporate that you haven't taken from other people. I also applaud that. I have no excuse. I don't know what happened here. So you make fun of me. But in general, I don't like when people, I think it's silly yeah. to make fun of people for mispronouncing words. This should be made fun of uh, because I felt so confident about myself. So fuck me. We do a lot of word checks like vocabulary, definitions, spelling, grammar. Pretty compelling content. <laughs> Pretty compelling <laughs> stuff. Pretty compelling stuff. I mean, it just, I kind of appreciate that stuff because it takes us away from our day-to-day. I've been feeling lately like... The escape into letters. The the escape into letters! I just want to swim in the fantasy of letters so I don't have to think about my problems. Whoa, that speaks to me so... It does not speak to me at all. That's not how I feel. It reminds me of this Jason Mraz lyric that I loved (laughs) in in high school. (laughs) What was it? What was it? I'm all about them words over numbers. (laughs) Do you remember that song? No. It's like unencumbered numbered words. That guy's so weird. Hundreds of pages, pages, pages. First of all, first of all, let me tell you right now how I feel about any man that wears a fedora. Cannot, cannot, will Canceled. not. Don't ever want Cancelable to see it. Offense. Cancel him. Yeah. Put him in jail. Put him in jail. This man is a right sexual now. predator. I don't care. I don't need to know anything about him other than that hat. But I was obsessed with a couple Jason Mraz songs in high school that were like my songs with my then boyfriend he mm. also left me and then he <laughs> made a Jason Mraz song his song with his new girlfriend and then oh, I, wait do you know that for a fact or you're just yeah assuming? for a fact because it was the song that was just about like what's that one like across the ocean and he and his girlfriend were going to be long distance and I was like I feel like Jason Mraz was our thing but Anyway, Jason Mraz has haunted me with his hats forever, and I feel like all of his songs are, like, a song you might play in, like, a kindergarten, like, <laughs> laugh and learn, like, tumble class. You yeah, know? totally. Like, literally, sing, the, sing what... the lyric, sing the lyric you just said again. I'm all... <laughs> no, I can't now sing in that context. Sing the lyric you just said. <laughs> I'm all about them words over numbers. Yeah. Unencumbered numbered words. Clap your hands, put your hands on your knees. Yeah. You're so right. It's like right before, that's the song that they sing so that everybody goes and sits on the rug and then they learn the alphabet I'm together. I'm all about them words <laughs> over numbers. One, two, three, and A, B, C. I thought that was the most like emotional lyric that like I felt so seen by at the time. Because I'm always a big, I, I, lo- I do love words. For somebody that doesn't really like to read, I, I love words. I love lyrics. When I listen to music, like, I'm a lyrics person before anything else. That's why I love John Mayer so much. And yes, I do believe John Mayer and Jason Mraz are very different. Thank you. Di- very, and, um, very different hat offenses. But very both, different. Both offenses. <laughs> totally different hats on John's side. Anyway, the other thing I was about to say... <laughs> Is that I've been feeling lately like I just have this growing to-do list and there's never a moment when there's not something that needs to be done. Even if it's something as small as like I have to water my plants. It's like, ugh, I just don't want to have to do anything right now. Like there's always something waiting for me. Yeah. Some sort of task. And like it's all kind of self-created and I guess if I didn't, do some of these things like the world wouldn't end and my life would be fine but these tasks that 
they just exist and they keep as when you check them off more come and like it's never ending and is that is that all that life is because it's kind of how I'm feeling that's very much how I feel I feel like that is such a relatable statement I'm relieved to hear you say that because I need to problem solve it because I don't have any answers it feels like okay so that no the world wouldn't end no one would die but the things I'm putting on my list are the things that like theoretically support what you want your life to look and feel like which includes you know something like watering your plants um maybe someone else doesn't put that on your list but it's on your list like put it on the fucking list it's on the list yeah or to me it's like often people I have to text back or like a phone call I have to make or something I need to clean or a work thing like I found that my work to-do list and my life to-do list have melded and I feel like that's Mm. not good they're the same list and it never it I have to put it on the list otherwise because the list is to me is the freedom out of it just sitting in my brain because I, I actually I don't remember things super well or I or I'll remember it like I have to cling to it so tightly that it's a prison so if I put it on the list my brain's not obsessed with it but I still somewhere know that there's a list I have to look at and this is such a stupid complaint, but I it does feel different. I've never experienced this until like the last two years. Is it something about the age? Like, is it something about having a lot of things going on? I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that we've been doing it for so long or something. Like, it, what is it? Living life? Living life and like having tasks on our list. But at first... Maybe there's a excitement to it or something. Like when you first move out on your own, maybe it's kind of fun that you have to do all these errands for your home or this, that, the other. When you start, kind of start out in your career, I mean, it doesn't mean that there's no stress involved and it's not exhausting, but like may- maybe some of it kind of lights you up because it's new and maybe now it's just like, oh, this same fucking shit, it's still on my list. Like yeah. I just did it two months ago and now yes. I have to do it again. Some some of the things are cyclical. I you still know? have to wash my face. I have to do this every day for the rest <laughs> of my life till I fucking die. That is depressing. I mean, I can't, it really is. Every day, it's the repetition. That's the monotony. I mean, yep. I'm joking about washing my face. That one's fine. But yes, it's, the, it's those things that you recognize. You're like, oh, I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to die. I'm going to do this till I die. I'm going to do this forever till I die. It's that idea of like going postal, you know, about mm, like the yeah. mail, the mail doesn't stop. The mail keeps coming. And then all these. I didn't realize that's where that came from. I that think that's so where sense. that comes from. I think it was like all these. Okay, wait. I don't actually know, but I'm going to piece together what I think I know. And then someone in the comments okay. will correct me. Okay. Cool. Yeah, of course they will. Um, is that I think that like a bunch of. I think there were a bunch of incidents in like the 80s where a bunch of postal workers started killing themselves or like went crazy in their workplaces and maybe killed other people and it was they named it this concept of like going postal and I don't you know who knows what was actually happening with them internally but I think the idea was I mean people at least attributed part of it to like the monotony and the Sisyphean nature of like the male just keeps coming. Obviously, that's not the only reason people do I see. crazy things. But I, see. I think that's like that's the version of the story that has trickled down to me. The concept, the concept rings true of just like I'm gonna go into the office and work this job forever. I'm going to 
wash my face forever. Like, I have to keep eating. I have to keep eating forever. I have to keep working out forever. I have to keep, I have to keep going nurturing relationships. I have to keep going to the grocery store. I have to keep <sighs> buying stuff. I have to keep putting sanitary pads in my socks every day. Every day. Multiple times a day. This is, this is the rest of my life. This is forever. I have to wash my sheets and put them. I have to put the fitted sheet on my bed every week. What? Or every two, whenever. It doesn't matter. Even if you have to, even if you only do it monthly, it's still a thing that you're doing over and over again. I, exactly. And, and I had so many of them collecting in my brain this morning because I had a stressful week and yeah. like on top of the stressful week, there were all these kind of like easy, regular household tasks and things to keep up my life that on a different week I wouldn't even think twice and it would be pretty easy to do them and I wouldn't even need to write them down but this week I felt like I'm so overwhelmed with a lot of different things I need to write down the list and I wrote them down and it is the most basic it's like a sad it's almost sad that like this level of detail had to be written on the list but it's like buy milk get gas schedule nail appointment see some of it is like that's not hard that's a fun thing but it's still a thing to do you're not complaining about the tasks you're complaining as I'm complaining like everybody has these tasks it's not yeah notable but just the nature yeah somehow the nature of like in order to have I don't know like what's the other option maybe there's a way out of this maybe the system is broken and the way out is just like I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants and like hope I get stuff done in the week that I want to do. Right. I, I, that's why I do kind of think it's a symptom. Like for me, my to-do list started getting really intense when I was like overworking or working a bunch of jobs and like had very much less time. Um, you know, if I wanted to go to the gym, I had to schedule 45 minutes right here. This is where you go to the gym. And if I wanted... 20 minutes where I did nothing I had to schedule it out and that never happened um but I feel like maybe I feel like that's the situation you're in right now where you're doing I feel a little calmer in my life but you're doing a lot so the regular things that like okay eventually you would think to call the nail place you're now writing down because otherwise you might miss the window of time when the store is open you're not going to be just like sitting around and right Right, or I won't get them done before I go on my trip home and I that's like I want to do them before I go home for Easter or whatever, like little things like that. You're right. It's because everything has become so scheduled. Like I am scheduled about my gym routine. I am scheduled about like, okay, this is the night of the week that I'm going to be by myself and watch Love is Blind. Like, and this night I'm going to make plans with friends. Like nothing is spontaneous anymore. Yeah. And... That is hard like I because I'm coming from a year and a half ago I was like chose to be unemployed and I was just vibing and like everything was spontaneous and I could do everything at any time um, and it's not only unemployment like self-employment allows you that too and that's why you get to have a little bit more of that now than you did when you had your tech career at the same time as YouTube um, it's just yeah everything is scheduled everything there's too many things at once and so it starts to make every little thing feel yeah. more difficult to achieve. But I also thought you got to this quicker than I did. Um, like as soon as I opened this conversation, one of the first things you said was 
they're the things that keep your life going and like get you to the life that you envision that you want. And that is very true. And that's something that I've actually not really realized until today before we started recording. I was thinking about this and I looked at the list that I had written down and I was like, I guess these are all things that are for me, like getting my nails done or watering my plants or buying milk so I can enjoy my cinnamon toast crunch. Like it's all stuff that doesn't really have to get done, but it's stuff that helps me invest in myself while I'm really busy. Um, So it feels important. But I want those things to still be fun. I don't know. Like the, they're yeah. supposed to be for me, but they they were turning into feeling like chores. So what I hear there is like, first of all, the things that you and I are describing, we're single people living very selfish lives. So let's get that out of the way. If you're listening and yeah. you're like, I wish I had time to call and make a nail appointment. Like, I get it. We're describing selfish lives. I don't I, have kids. I, I live agree. alone. Yeah. I agree. It's all about me. I agree. Um, and... All of these things, like, I guess on anyone's to-do list, yeah, it's, like, the things that you want in your life, whether those are, like, people you're taking care of or activities you want to do or, like, the things that go on my to-do list are even social events, like, the overscheduling. Like, I have to schedule in yeah. this hour to this hour. I spend time with this person. Otherwise, if if we just try and do it spontaneously, our schedules won't match up. It's not going to happen. Because people are yep. too busy. Um, and... But actually, one of the things that you and I, and I think most people want, one of those nutrients is spontaneity, is like not knowing. And that's the thing that actually needs to go on the to-do list, which is really hard. I think that's the thing that you have to learn in a way. I I really relate to the overscheduling and everything feeling a little too um, pre-packaged and everything. And the way that I've been... It's, I've been working on solving that for like a year, I feel like. And mm-hmm. something, a couple things have helped me recently. One is having more group social things. Like you and I talked about last episode where you get to see more of the people you love at once. And all the solo hangs, it eats up your schedule so fast. And in a way, I'm freeing up that time probably to spend time with those people one-on-one a second time or something. But it's like, but then when I see them, it can be more spontaneous because we've already kind of seen each other as a group. So that has helped a lot. I feel like that's given me more room for spontaneity, which might be spent seeing them spontaneously. And then I'm just signing up. I realized, like, I spent the last year when I was kind of overworking and overscheduled, I spent a long time trying to pare down my life, cut stuff out, get intentional about, like, how I was spending my time get some space, work on my workflow and work with my editor to get more free time. And as soon as that hit on like week one where I was like, oh, I have like a normal work week now. I was immediately like, wow, I'm fucking bored. This is boring. And I immediately thought, oh, is this the rest of my life? How boring. I can now predict and see the rest of my life. This is what my work schedule looks like. This is what I do on this evening. This is what the weekend looks And I immediately needed to throw in an unknown. I think that's the spontaneity for me. Like something knew that I don't know what it holds and so I signed up like I've done this before I signed up for a sports league uh, a new sports league where meeting a bunch of new fucking randos and like yeah worst case I don't know maybe we'll be friends maybe we won't worst case scenario I'll get to go play a sport outside and I just signed up for like an Italian language class Mm. which I've been meaning to brush up for a while so those to me the combination of those things, like a, getting a good amount of group activity in that frees up time, 
and then throwing in like an unknown that's something for me to look forward to I feel like that's what holds the spontaneity yeah for me right now that's like really helped that feeling yeah you just absolutely crushed that advice because those are two things that I feel that I'm lacking right now and now that you say them we talked about the group thing but now that you say the other idea too like yeah that sounds great I'm craving that I signed up for a yoga class two weeks ago after not having done yoga in multiple years and like not really ever being a huge yogi but I was just like for some reason I want to sign up for this I felt called to like sign up for the class and I went and really enjoyed it and it was just like something different from my usual routine and I feel like I need to do more of those things so I think you're spot on the thing about over scheduling and like how that affects your social life and your availability for, yeah, your own free time and your own fulfillment is really interesting because you're right. Like if you don't schedule time with the people in your life, then you risk not having schedules line up for weeks and weeks on end. I have a friend right now who's going through something and I want to be there for her. And she feels, understandably, based on what she's going through, Like she doesn't know each day kind of what her mood is going to be. And so she doesn't want to plan. Let's go out to dinner next Saturday because she doesn't know how she's going to feel next Saturday. And like, I think we all kind of relate to that. But especially right now, she's really going through something heavy. She especially is like, like, I don't want to make any plans that far out. But for me to be able to have the time in my schedule to give her enough of myself and be be present for her which I really want to do um I do need a little bit more of that like ahead of time scheduling but it's just not it doesn't line up with where she's at and I feel not I don't even feel guilty I just feel like I want I want to be able to like on a Tuesday night when she is in the mood for company to be able to just drive over and spend that time with her but my weeks are so scheduled that A lot of the times it doesn't work out that way. So I'm trying to create that space so that people like that can fit into my life again. And also so that I can fit in stuff for myself too. But (laughs) there's only so much time in the day. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a problem or not a problem. I think it's a dynamic as far as I can tell that only increases like as people get older and more and more people are like you get in a relationship, you have kids, like your schedule is tied and dependent to more and more people. You have more obligations. You get more solidified in your routine. I think it gets just harder and harder to sync up people's schedules. So I think it's like probably a problem you, I feel like we can con- expect to continue to solve the rest of our lives and it'll change. Yeah, yeah it's been big for me recently to realize how much it's a very fragile balance between stability and unknowns that I think that I need in my life. And I think most people do, you know, when like everything is changing and you're, you lost your job and you have to start a new job and you're coming out of a relationship and you move to a new state when everything, you know, is stripped away. All you want is stability. All you want is a sense of home and routine and familiarity. But I think when you, the opposite end of the spectrum is like, um, this, the stereotype of hitting uh, middle age and being like so solidly in your in a routine that you have your midlife crisis. I feel like that's basically what it is. Is like I need something to shake this up because every day is the same. It's office space. It's a midlife crisis. It's but it can happen at any age and in any life stage. 
Um, so I feel like, yeah, it's it's a find figuring out what your balance of unknown and stability is that you need in your life in order to feel alive. It's like basically to, for me, it's to feel alive, to feel like I'm not yep. wasting my days. I don't know how to explain it. That's the right way to explain it, I think. It's a mix of like the spontaneity gives you this feeling of being alive. And I think that makes sense to people. But also the routine and stability gives you that because um, it allows you to be present. It allows you to not be like constantly having to guess, oh, what am I going to do next? And what's what are the needs that I have? And how can I fulfill them in this moment? Like that part allows you that baseline that I think is helpful. But then like yeah, you get bored when it's only that baseline. Um, yeah, I I think you're spot on. I'm going to – it's like, I don't know. I'm actively working on this. I guess the first step is like having these realizations. It's also really hard because it's just still winter in Chicago. And I really like don't give enough credit to the fact that that affects this and like affects my – I don't know, my energy to do the spontaneous stuff. Um, so part of it is schedule and part of it is – energy and bandwidth um so I think that's probably part of it but yeah the next step is like taking some actions and I think it's just whatever recalibrating for the rest of my life like I'll keep swinging back and forth on this pendulum yeah I feel like it it literally sent me back into therapy which I think sounded really dramatic to people where I was like I feel so overwhelmed with my schedule that it's basically what I ended up back in therapy for and she like helped me kind of break everything down and problem solve that. And it took a while because, you know, even if if there is something, if you want to make more room for spontaneity, you don't suddenly have more hours in your day. You have to get rid of other stuff. And that's that's something that, like, we all have to keep doing. That's why, like, quitting the right things is, it's so difficult. And it's, I think it's become such an important value to me. And it's always painful. It is always painful to not have, like, infinite time to give to all the things. But it, it is a decision that I think all of us end up making one way or another. And like if I – when I like refuse to cut things out of my life and I was like, no, I'm just going to see everyone. I'm going to do everything and I'm going to show up all the time and I can fit everything in if I schedule it down to the minute. Like I was I, – I had scheduled my days. There was a time a couple months ago where my days were scheduled to the minute, to like the five minutes, to the five minutes. And – so if something was running late or so, or like if somebody showed up early, if a shed friend showed up early to my home, I was so stressed out. I was like, no, those were five minutes I needed. Like you need to sit in the car because it's that it was that scheduled. And it it what it really meant, even though I could technically fit in all the people and fit in all the things, meant that when I showed up, I was at the end of my fucking rope. I was in my worst state. I was not present. I was not being a good friend. And it took me kind of starting to... Um, like show up in a way I wasn't proud of in order for me to realize and accept like, okay, it's actually not even an option to do all of it. It's not even an option. It's not whether enough, whether or not I can bolster myself up to decide to give to everything. It's like, that's not an option. I can do a bunch of things pretty poorly or I can do fewer things more intentionally, hopefully. Yeah. So that's kind of, I don't know. I hit, I hit a point where I was like, wow, well, this is going pretty badly. And that's that was the only thing that kind of knocked me out of this idea of doing everything. I don't know. But it took a while. It's taken – I feel like it's taken me like a, like nine months or like a year to restabilize. 
I appreciate, I, I appreciate the wisdom, you know, speaking of wisdom, I feel like we've been getting comments, um, and like messages and stuff from some listeners who are older than us, like maybe our parents age or just in their forties even, and sharing that they appreciate our like perspective and kind of like I don't know it feels like parents telling us they're proud because we're we're insightful for our age or something it's really sweet and that's how I felt listening to you talk about that but I also wanted to just acknowledge these listeners who like probably most of the things we talk about are not as relevant to them but they're still here and like being proud of us or something it's very sweet how dare they somebody wrote us um Somebody wrote us, and I don't remember what it was in reference to, but they were just like, girls, I'm 60, and I get you. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I love it. I think she wrote it. I saw that one, too. She wrote that in response to, I posted a review somebody left of the podcast where they oh, were yeah. like, they were like, everyone calm down. Don't take this podcast so seriously. Like, it's all jokes. And I was like, this girl gets it. This girl gets it. Because so many people, like, have the stuff I say on here. This is what I realized. I think most people get it. But most of, like, the rants on here are things that would otherwise go in, like, my stand-up set. However, I've decided that I'm too lazy to work on a stand-up set. So instead I have a a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I would have to work. (laughs) I would have to polish it up and workshop it. No, thanks. I'm just going to start a podcast. And I think in the context of a stand-up set, anyone could listen to me talk about how I hate history because it's not about me. And they'd be like, ha, ha, ha. That's a funny, ridiculous thing to say. But on the podcast, people are like, you know, history is important. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I obviously fucking know. I get it. I, get I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think most people get it. But of course, like the two people who don't get it um, are the ones that we like probably I need, tend to I need fixate them. on I more. Need, I need them to. I need them to understand me. I need to be understood. Um, no, but but I do think most people get it. I mean. It's also like there's different types of podcasts and and this is um, there not are some any podcasts. This is not any of them. <laughs> there's there's some podcasts that are like prepared, researched, like you know, really like evidence backed or something. Like this is. <laughs> I would just like to make clear that this is not only not that, but it's the opposite of that. I don't know how many times I have to proclaim that I don't read, and that is not for you to say. Oh, like you should read. Reading is valuable. Like. I don't I, that's not what this that's not what this is about I please I'm also like I have an please. education like it's a joke like it's mostly a joke but it's also not a joke and so um this is not evidence-based I guess is my <laughs> point and I I personally am very comfortable with that it's the only way that I would be comfortable here right if you ask me to prepare talking points about a topic and like be factual all the time and not crack any jokes oh my I mean I would not, I just would not be here. That's not what, that's not what entices me to do a podcast one bit. And I don't think you'd want to listen to it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> just can't be that. Just can't be that. I'm, I will say I am a scientist and a researcher. So true. anything true. that I say is science. And based on the evidence of what I f- uh, fucking feel like saying. Your experiments. <laughs> yeah, my I spent a lot of time I I spent a lot of time making perfume mixes out of like lotions and creams. Did you do that as a kid? Like mixing them in the toilet? Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. I still have so many perfumes and lotions and stuff that are really old. Yeah, what are you like, saying? You're not a researcher. At my mom's house. What if that's not if is that's that what not, it is? That's what research is. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I went to a school that was so research heavy and every student was like Hard their job research. during school was research. Yeah. It would be like, oh, what are you heading what are you heading to after class? Oh, my research. And it's like, what are you I'm I'm going to watch YouTube. So is that research? Like <laughs> for me that's what now, I've always been doing. I literally call that research. I don't even call say that facetiously because I'll watch other it's YouTubers a blessing. and study their content. And it's research. I am a doctor. I am a scientist. That's how I've talked about stand-up. Like when I go to a stand-up show, I'm studying. You know, that's my research. I'm learning about something that I care about. Sorry, it's not the same as you. I'm bored of my own videos. They're terrible. I need a break. I, I that's why I'm taking I'm taking vacation next week. I'm gonna take a couple weeks off. I'm just tired. I or, or not not even tired. I can tell that it's like if you if you haven't stopped speaking <laughs> for like yeah. ten hours, then there's no way that you can have a reflective sh- thought to share because you haven't shut up to reflect. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you haven't sh- like shut up. You know, is how I'm. I'm. This is what I'm saying to myself. If you're just yeah. outputting constant output, there's n- the the quality of your thoughts <laughs> and ideas. They can't be great forever. You need a reflection time. So I, I can just feel I'm at the end of that. I'm not even saying anything anymore. Um, yeah. So I'm taking a break. Not even because I'm that tired work-wise. I'm okay work-wise. It's mostly that I, I don't have anything of value to say right now, I don't think. Yeah, you want reflection time. And in order for reflection time to happen, you kind of need to slow down and get bored, which is something that you've taught me. Like we've had a lot of conversations about that and I think it's very true. If you're constantly talking, if your days are constantly scheduled, if you're constantly being productive, then there's no time for rumination. Reflection. Reflection only happens not even it's not even like okay, let's say when we hang up this call, I go and sit on my couch for an hour. That do- it doesn't mean reflection is going to come in that hour because that would be kind of trying to like schedule the reflection. It's not it's not until you have multiple hours upon hours upon hours and you get bored that like real yeah. interesting thoughts and perspectives come or going out into the world and seeing something new and like being so removed from your day to day. That'll do that, too. But either way, it can't be it can't be constant output. I have an update. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm really curious what it's about. Okay. Oh, I'm going to let you do a little choose your own adventure. One is a new uh, ter- ter- petty turn on that I've pinpointed. Okay. One is um, something I don't trust. I feel like last week you talked about a petty turn off, which was V-neck tees. So I'd love to hear the petty turn on to kind of like balance that this week. A 70s style porn star mustache <gasps> me too i'm fucked me i'm fucked too. i'm fucked Arak. why is do you ever so watch Arak? no what's that well that is a very big youtuber right now if okay. you're if you're not sure how to spell it you there's no way to know but it's a i r is it two r's a c k one r two r's Arak has a porn star mustache right now and i am i, I pretty much can't do anything oh. other than think about it. 
What? Okay. Okay. So I'm seeing some pictures right now of him without the porn star mustache. So that's what what first comes up. Yeah. Is no His mustache. isn't even that good, but it's a very effective upgrade if you decide to eventually get that mustache. Okay. 70s. I mean, and I'm I don't. Down. I'm not a person who likes beards. I don't like beards. I don't like scruff. Something about this freaking mustache. It's like I makes me its slave. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because I am a facial hair person in like almost any form. So it doesn't surprise me as much that I like that. Um, what do you think does it for you? Like just that it's weird? It's very like, <laughs> weird. <laughs> that it's weird. I don't feel like it's weird. I feel like it's very – it's like an old – to me it's like – first of all, I love eh, – I guess it's like 70s, 80s. It was around the 80s a lot. I love stuff from the 80s. And it feels very like classic, masculine, authoritative. It's like, is he a pilot? Is he a mean uncle? I don't know. Like either way, I'm in yeah. trouble. I feel like. That's you. that's so you. That has you written on it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. There's this phrase that they use on Love Island. I guess it's a British slang phrase that's like, it's a bit of me. So when they when they say that they're into attracted to something about someone, they'll be like, "Oh, that's a bit of me." And I feel like the porn star stash is a bit of you. Oh, that's like does that is that kind of like saying that's very on brand for you? Is that what that means? A little bit, a little bit. It's kind of like if somebody walks into the villa and they're exactly to a T like this person's type, they'll that's be like, "Oh, that's a bit of me." But Weird. I have to get used this, about personality. Yeah, this idiom or phrase does not come naturally to me. Okay, I That's a bit of me. Love it. Sometimes I in- integrate the phrases from Love Island in my life, and I don't even realize. Like, it, it's British slang that I'm starting to use because I watch that show. That so That you're much referencing as Love Island slang, yeah. Yeah, and people are like, "What? Why are you talking like that?" That's but that a, one, I think, why is a good are you one. talking like that? Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite ones, though. And now I want to know the thing that you don't trust. Uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. I feel. (laughs) What are you about to get us canceled for? (laughs) I don't think this is cancelable. I feel so creeped out by St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Let me break this down. Let me break this down. First of all, think about have you ever seen, have you ever seen, have you ever seen any hospital any um, nonprofit, which they're very much for profit, um, I think they're some of like the highest paid hospital execs yeah. like in the world. Think, have you ever seen so much advertising? The, the millions and millions of dollars that they are putting towards advertising, that they are putting towards celebrity endorsements, and that they are paying their their these like the the like C suite. Of that, uh, mm-hmm. of that hospital is like ridiculously paid. Um, and then that paired with the way that they like pimp out their the children and make them tell these sob stories. I can I get I get St. Yeah. Jude's hospital ads on YouTube all the time and I, I have to mute them. I cannot you know, sometimes you can't skip forward through them. I cannot watch them the the like tragedy porn that they juice out of these children who are I assume legitimately sick I don't think the kids are in on it but like I just feel so crazy creeped out 
What if they just stopped paying for millions and millions of dollars of advertising? What if they just cut that down a little bit? What if they stopped getting the celebrity endorsement, just like one or two fewer appearances by Jen Ann? And then like, may, like what could they do with that time? What could they do with that energy or that money? I, I'm so disturbed by this. Ch- I feel like there's like, is it even a charity? I don't think it's a charity because it's, it's definitely for profit. It's definitely for profit. It's not a charity. Yeah, it's not a charity. It's it's a it's a research hospital, I think. Like they it's a hospital that has children there in their care, but they also do a lot of research. So I guess right. the funding is for the research initiatives about like child child specific illnesses. But I agree with you about the tragedy porn. Most of the funding has to be going back into advertising. This yeah. is top fucking dollar advertising. You're doing. not wrong. That's so crazy wrong. to me. That it's is gross. so disturbing to me. Do, does this resonate with you? I'm so weirded out by them. It does. I've never really thought about it before in this way. And I don't know why. I guess I've just always... It, they've been running these ads for my whole life. Mm-hmm. You always think of St. Jude's Children's Hospital as one of those like major charities everybody knows about. Like, you know, the number one charity you think of when it comes to children's health. Um, so I've, I guess I've never taken a second to question it, but yeah, as you said that, I was like, wait, you're fucking right. The tragedy porn is so disturbing and gross and like pimping these kids out. It you're right. It kind of rubs me the wrong way, which like, I- I'm saying use it if it helps them actually fund what they need to fund, but something about it see- feels egregious. I just, yeah, and there's just too many, like being a corrupt organization, and, like, a greedy organization is not, like, a novel, rare idea. So, uh, you know, there's plenty of charities that are not exempt from that. And this isn't even a fucking charity. So, I don't know. I just have a... I'm, like, waiting for the scandal to break. I'm calling it right now. I think that's fair. I I have a very, I think, unique, um, like, inside perspective on this a little bit that's from true. working in healthcare yes. as oh long God. as I have. Tell me, tell me. So there's two things I have to say. You work in healthcare and in marketing for healthcare. Yes, that's true. Okay. That is correct. Let's see what she says. And also before before I was in the job I'm in now, I was doing consulting for hospital systems. Not St. Jude's, but like large hospital systems around the country. Um, basically the goal of the consulting work, and they spend millions of dollars a year. All of these hospital systems spend millions of dollars a, a year paying consultants to basically help them make more money. I mean, yes, the incentive is patient outcomes. It's like, how can we make our operations more efficient so that we can improve patient outcomes? Like that is, quote unquote, the number one priority. But really what more of the priority is, is how can we get patients in and out of here faster so that we can get money from more and more people and have like a more effective revenue cycle, always have more throughput so that there's more open beds so that we can like continue to bring people in and make money off of them. Like healthcare is as much as it is obviously like a a life or death important uh, important, you know, like it, it's healthcare, it's people's lives. So I'm not uh, shaming, I don't know, doctors or something. But yeah, the hospital organizations, like the, it is a, it is a revenue run business. This is all I hear from my dad. Yeah, totally. And it's frustrating to doctors because 
they are working the important job of saving lives and giving so much time and energy to their jobs and they're not even making like a cut that they feel is worth it compared to how much that larger hospital system is making. Same for nurses, all of the staff. Yeah, exactly. All of the staff. Um, So yeah, I mean, I guess from that perspective, it's, it's like a shame, but I'm not surprised. Um, And I've like worked closely with like C-suite leaders at hospitals who like that's their that's their goal. Let help me make more money. It's a lot of the reason that I wanted to leave those types of jobs behind, um, because I thought by entering healthcare I was entering a field in which I could have an impact and help people. And while yes, that's always like at you know way 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 down the road of anything you do in healthcare, like really the short term goal was money. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll say about nonprofits is that I also worked at technically a nonprofit in healthcare technology. Um, And the amount of money that our CEO was paid was absurd. It was it was labeled a nonprofit to probably for like tax reasons, like to get tax breaks and stuff. But this company did not operate like a nonprofit. And the way that they paid their leadership was absurd for a quote unquote nonprofit. So again, another like exposure I've had to healthcare nonprofits where it's just like it's all about money at the end of the day it's a capitalist society all this stuff is about money so you are right and I I feel it with like I feel that with I know that's true with like a lot of nonprofits and a lot of charities um there's obviously some good ones out there but just because it's a charity and just because it's a nonprofit does not mean that your money is going where you think it's going um you unfortunately have to do a lot of research so I don't think it's a unique entity, but there's something about ugh, how big they are and I think how much they're like milking children for tears that like really creeps me the fuck out. You right. You right. I think I'm right. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me I'm think right. of something that I'm right about and maybe <laughs> see if I can share it with the class. Uh, I'm right. Nothing. I'm right. <laughs> oh, this is so random. <laughs> You know the phrase, hold your horses? <laughs> I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, I said to a friend, like, we were meeting up, and they said they were running late, and could I, like, stall a little? And I was like, I'll hold my horses. And then I just thought that it was really weird to say that in the first person. <laughs> like, have you ever said, hold my horses, as opposed yeah, to hold your horses? It only works as, like, an imperative statement. That's right. You're like, I yeah. will, I comply in holding my own horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm holding my horse. Uh, the horses, they're held by me. Yeah, that, that was it. That was literally it. <laughs> yeah, it sounded weird I was when like, you said it. It was one of those moments where I was like, has anyone in the world ever said this before? Or am I like so special that I said it? It's almost, (laughs) I feel like the tone of that saying of that idiom is kind of like a warning. It's almost like a scolding. And so for you to like kind of scold yourself, you're like, I'm going to watch it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like to say it to someone else is like, whoa, whoa, whoa you know slow your roll not you know. so fast buddy but then so <laughs> and then you were like hey jane not so fast to me <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i need that reminder a lot so i you know <laughs> life is about being able to give yourself those reminders that you need i did it i love it okay what's the <laughs> other thing okay the other thing is have you ever held not your horses but held 
against someone something that they did to you in a dream? Um, probably not long term, but I've definitely had those dreams like once or twice where it was so vivid um, and it like colored the rest of my day and it put me in a funk the rest of the day and it made me feel weird around them for like a day or something. Yeah. Like when you have like sex with the wrong person or, or, or maybe somebody's really mean to you and you know it's not real, but you're still pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know it's not real. It's not real. Um, yeah, that seems like a reasonable person way of going about it. What did you do? What did you do? What do you mean? <laughs> what are you referencing? Okay, this isn't even... <laughs> this is... So one of my best friends that I've referenced several times, Angela, I had a dream many years ago, like eight years ago at this point, that <laughs> I met Ed Helms, who is... <laughs> who is... Um, he plays Andy on the, on the, on the office, office. Yeah. And he's in The Hangover. And okay. I met him in my dream. And I was with my friend Angela in this dream. And I was like, Ange, take a picture of me and Ed Helms. And I handed her the camera. And she took a picture. And Ed Helms walked away. And I went to look at the picture she took. And it was blurry. And you couldn't <laughs> see that it was me and Ed Helms. <laughs> and this is like the worst dream you ever had. <laughs> yeah. Is this a very, like, on-brand Angela? Would Angela say, oh, that's a bit of me? It was, yeah, it was believable. It was believable. Like, sometimes Ange love you. She can get a little flustered in, in the heat of the moment. And uh, it was believable. And it blurry, felt very vivid. Blurry snap Ange, yeah. And, yeah, and I woke up, and we lived together at the time. I woke up, and I went to her room, and I was like, you would, you will not believe what you did to me in this dream. And she laughed because she thought I was laughing, you know? Like, but she thought we weren't. were laughing together. You're not even laughing now. I was later. like, I'm so serious. I'm so mad. <laughs> and it's been a running joke in our friendship. I mean, to her, a joke. To me, like, a grudge for 10 years. And so just the other day, she texted me, and she was like, you will not believe what happened. I had a dream that my husband, Andrew, he also listens to the podcast. Um, Andrew did something in the dream. It was a dream related to Harry Styles, actually. I don't remember what happened, but that's the reason she texted it to me. She was like, your podcast episode made me have this dream about maybe it was meeting. She met Harry Styles or something. Maybe it was the same thing. And Andrew took a picture Something and he didn't get the picture or something happened and Andrew messed it up with Angela and Harry Styles. And then she woke up and she was so mad at Andrew. And she was like, I finally get how you felt about Ed Helms. That's so funny. That it is, is a funny. thing. Okay, so here's yeah. my my immediate analysis of this is like the way I feel about dreams and everyone's got an opinion about dreams. Shut up. It's my podcast. My podcast. <laughs> my feeling about dreams is that. I, at least in my experience of my own freaking dreams, which is the most masturbatory sentence I could ever say, <laughs> my experience of my own dreams is that the it's not about the actions of what happens, but usually the, the emotion echoes a, a true emotion for me. I have an anxiety dream. I right. have a guilt dream. I have a stress dream, whatever. Or um, like, or for me, it might be, Maybe it's not all of the events in the dreams, but maybe like I was already kind of miffed or resentful at Andrew. And so when he and so like when he enters the dream, I'm already I've been resentful to him. And so it's so like him to fuck up this picture I Mm. wanted to take. 
Um, that's not for all things in dreams. That's fair. I, I think that there's that's definitely possible. And I I'm going to follow up with her and ask um, or I actually don't remember if she told Andrew about this or not. And so we I'm can really put none of that on the, podcast. on the podcast. Maybe that doesn't need to go. On no, the no, 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 no. They're they're game. They're, I'm part of this relationship. <laughs> I, I can make decisions about it. We're good. Um, <laughs> they're like two of my my closest, you know, friends who are married. Both unreliable as fuck, though. With, right. With cameras. <laughs> Please. Do you dream a lot? Because I actually don't. I only Dude. dream when I've been drinking. Then I have dreams that are often like a continuation of the night I was just in. It, w- it became a problem oh, in college a lot because I would think that something that happened in my dream like actually happened because it would be like the same people, the same party that I just got That's home funny. from. That's very um, confusing. Very of your brain. vivid. That's really yeah, very vivid continuation of the night drunk dreams. And then like occasionally I'll have other dreams, but the majority of nights I actually don't dream or at least I don't remember them. And I know some people who dream every night Freaks, and it's bizarre losers. to me. <laughs> Freaks and losers. They have a whole world. I feel like it's such a creative thing or a stressful thing because I also think, I don't know, that's probably not the most relaxing sleep depending on what the dream I'm is. I'm trying to sleep. I don't, I wouldn't say I dream a lot, but recently i haven't even said this to anyone i'm immediately getting creeped out by saying this i recently i have been having non-stop paranormal nightmares which is like that's like the how i the way i have a nightmare it's either a guilt-ridden dream or it's some kind of i like can't not look down my hallway when i say this some really? kind of like invisible demonic possessive force is grabbing me and physically pulling me and oh. I also have sleep paralysis so sometimes it will like physically feel like it's happening in my room and I'm awake and like it's very physical and I I actually can't prove to you that it's not really happening like it it feels very physical it's extremely upsetting and it's been happening non-stop like every single night when I go to sleep for the last like like month and it's wow. really making me I used to say facetiously that I felt like I'm haunted, but like there's something not good in my room. I feel like there is something not great in my bedroom. And whether I choose to believe I, I don't even think I need to come to a conclusion. I like I almost can't handle thinking about it. Yeah. Because it's been so much and so consistent that even I, who am like, this is silly and it's a joke and it's whatever, I'm like Whatever the explanation is, real or not, like I'm having nonstop paranormal nightmares right now. And that is, it's a problem. And it's very stressful. And I do know, I do know that somebody died in my bed before I bought it off Facebook uh, Marketplace. Oh, wait. I kind of remember that YouTube video where you yeah, talked about that or something. <laughs> I don't, and I don't even know how I feel about that. Like, I'm not sold on any of this stuff. I'm just saying that it's really a consistently bad time in bed right now. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. That makes me want to save you. I don't even. What is there to upsetting. do about that? I don't do, know. Like, I literally what does am one like. Do? Should I? Usually I only get creeped out in a bedroom if I'm sleeping alone that's really big when there's like too, there's too much space and I like can't see what's in every corner, but my bedroom is very small. So I'm like, it's the vibes are not good right now. Yeah. I really don't do know. Do you have. Do you need to like burn some Palo Santo? I don't know. I feel know, like that'll something. make it all more real to me. Mm, you know like what I doing mean? anything about doing it. Doing anything yes. about it. 
I sleep with the lights full on some nights. I oh, go to sleep with. I want to come and live with you and make you okay. Please, God. <laughs> I sleep with like I go to sleep with um a sleep meditation going on, and then sometimes some nights I get it gets so bad that I just decide I'm not sleeping and I just stay up because it's like not <sighs> worth it. It's like pretty. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Have you stayed? Like, have you slept? at your parents' house or something at all in this time frame? Like, have you stayed anywhere else? Yeah, I feel like their house is haunted too, though. Okay, so it happens there? <laughs> yeah, my my siblings agree that their house is haunted. Yeah, but it, it okay. actually, I was sleeping better there than I was. I slept there recently, and it was not as bad. I don't know. I feel like this is okay. boring to talk about, maybe, so I don't know if we need to linger, but it's not going well, and I have, I have no idea what to do. I'm, yeah... Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not much else to say about it, I guess, but I'm worried. I'm actively yeah. worried. <laughs> Let I'm me know a solutioner. I'm well, this is the thing. What I think what creeps me out the most is that, like, there's no there's no notable catalyst. But. Wow. <laughs> okay, can I say, I've been, this whole time I've been stressed because usually you and I are going on mute and burping all the fucking time when we record. And I was like, now that we're on YouTube, like, if I burp while Caroline's talking, like, that's visible. That's, people can see it. So people I'm, can see me. This, anytime I grab my mic, I'm muting myself. There's a mute I'm button. muting myself I'm and muting then I go like this. It's nonstop burps. It's nonstop burps. We power. That was all the time while that we're was podcasting. The demon, the demon just came out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mad that you've been talking you're telling people about this <laughs> so oh, unattractive daddy don't take that out leave it in don't it has to it. stay in because we need this is just what it's gonna be people need what it's to gonna know be. we be burping this whole time at the same time i cannot stop looking back into my hallway i always think there's gonna be something in the corner but the problem is what creeps me out the most is there's no obvious catalyst i haven't watched a scary movie i don't hear like a weird noise in the middle of the night i didn't like there's not like a whisper I hear. It's just all of a sudden I have a feeling and I start getting sleep paralysis and I start having paranormal nightmare dreams and I just feel this way. And that's the most upsetting to me is when I'm not like, it's almost less creepy when I hear a sound because I'd be like, it's just a sound. You're scared and it made you scared. Or you watch a movie and that made you scared, but nothing happened. But when I'm just overcome with this feeling, it's pretty hard for me to talk myself out of it. totally because nothing yeah nothing started it so you can't reason your way out of it yeah and i'm like and i certainly don't want to feel this way so it's like if i'm feeling this way and i really don't want to (sighs) okay if anyone knows like dream stuff i don't know don't send it to caroline because i don't want you to like i know people are like bombarded with this stuff priest to bless the place bitch this problem started with the catholic church it started with the church Priests are not going to... Fu- the, the church is the problem. The church is the fucking problem. If I wasn't raised Catholic, I probably wouldn't have a hang-up about possession, would I? It started with the church. Thank you for your input. Everything did. Get a Everything priest. Did. The priest is the... Fu- I'm probably getting haunted by a priest. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. A priest with a porn stash. Um, yeah, don't send her anything, but if you genuinely have good advice, you can send it to me, and I will piece through it and see if there's anything that I think is worth sharing. I will be the gateway. Don't bombard Caroline. The only (laughs) advice that I consider um, good 
is not something that legitimizes that there are ghosts in my house. Totally. That is not helpful to me. Everyone's like, yes, you need to sage it. That does not make me feel better. What make fuck, there's just a noise. What makes me feel better is um, you explaining how you once used to have these feelings and they went away and it was fine. That's what yes, makes me feel yes, better. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. I agree. Thank you. Plus one. Plus one. Uh, are we oh, thank done? You. Are we done with this podcast? I think so. I think we're done. Um, I put my hands up. I put my hands up. No, wait. How does that song go? I'll, wait, what? I throw my, my hands up in the air sometimes. That one? No. no. We were singing different <laughs> songs. I was doing the Lizzo. I, I throw, oh. is it I, I do my hair for Hair it. toss. Hair Check toss. my nails. I'm an idiot. Baby, how you feeling? Yeah. I'm pretty good at lyrics. I think, if, is that the takeaway of this podcast? Words episode? over numbers. Jess loves lyrics. Yeah. Words. Words over numbers. Jason Mraz. By Jason Mraz. Okay, where can they send us words, Caro? You can send us words on Instagram at not for everyone pod. The number four is in there. Not for everyone pod. You can do it now on YouTube. I'm pretty scared for the YouTube comments. Part of why I went into podcasting is because I was tired of, of YouTube comments being kooky. But here we are. Can't stay away. I, listen, you better behave in the comments or I will turn the comment section off. You can turn it off. Behave. Behave. I like that warning. You know, I'd like to give a shout out before we close to a man named John. <laughs> who commented on Mm. something we posted on Instagram and he was kind of like giving us a hard time saying, you know, he didn't, he didn't interpret something that we were saying as a joke, as a joke. He was taking it way too seriously. He loves history. He loves history. And he was upset. Big history guy, John. He was upset that I expected history to be about me. (laughs) Right. And then once we responded to him, he very quickly was like, ugh. That's my bad. I'm a pretty <laughs> earnest, straightforward guy or whatever he said. I, I was like, you know what, John? You're fucking cool. Like, I appreciate yeah. that we just had this back and forth. So if you're one of those type of people, if you're willing to be wrong the way that we're very much re- willing to be wrong about everything we just said, you can be here. Yeah, all I am yeah. is wrong. It's fine. We can all be wrong about stuff. We welcome you. I have learned, yeah, that is my favorite person. You get so many points for that. I I refuse to fight with people. In the comments. If somebody says something, first of all, I will block people. And it's not for attacking or criticizing me. I will block people if I see them disrespecting someone else in the comments. Because guess what? This YouTube channel, this podcast, this comment section, this is a community that we're building. It's a party that I'm hosting. And I've said everyone's welcome. But if you show up to the party and you start killing the party vibe, get the fuck out. Yeah. But if you say something that's just like rude or offensive to me, I'll leave it and I'll um, I'll never fight you though. I don't like to fight people on those stuff. I like to try to agree with them as hard as I can. And then I feel like people don't really know what to do. And like, yeah. they want, they disarms them. Yeah. They want you to disagree. And if I'm just like, I agree, then they're like, oh, well now where do we go? Oh, well, I guess I have to go, I I have you to know, go bully now. some other girls podcast. Cause it's not working over here. Yeah. I like your approach. Um, and I like most of the people listening. So thanks for being here. Yeah, they're the best. Um, talk to us soon. And review us like the podcast um yeah follow us on youtube i guess that's a thing now yeah you can follow us follow on us on youtube we'll be posting these every week and i'll be doing my hair more yeah there might be a slight discrepancy between the recording that shows up in 
podcast versus one that goes on YouTube because they're two separate editing processes and we're lazy. So um, I think YouTube is going to end up being a slightly less edited version. I think YouTube might end up being longer episodes because we're just going to leave trash in there, basically. Yeah. At least with us, you might get some bonus content. So yeah, support us in both places. We appreciate. We appreciate. Um, I think this is going to be a really long episode. So good luck to our editor, <laughs> Prince Abby Newhouse. You can find her on Instagram at Prince. Abby Newhouse. That's A-B-I Newhouse. Um, she's very talented uh, writer, editor, producer, and friend and Pal. member of the monarchy. We love you, Abby. Oh, and I, I, yeah, I followed her from our Instagram. So if you want to find her, that's an easy way. Um, that's all. That's all. Thanks, Prince. That is all. Goodbye forever. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>not bringing my laptop whoa i don't actually know if i can do that um that scares me i know (laughs) but i think you should i think you should not bring it i'm like what if there's an emergency what fucking emergency is gonna happen what emergency could there be that i that i could be the solution to (laughs) the only way we can solve this emergency is by you finding a weird piece of footage that you took of yourself talking that's the only the thing that will save this person's life